Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, the, the column I wrote today was like, I think the headline was like, what do the Portland Trailblazers owe Damian Lillard? And I think what they owe him, in short, is to try to find something that works for both sides. And I think that's because they were in essentially a partnership before where, you know, they gave him that that Supermax extension right. effectively. And part of the deal, like the reason why he accepted that is he thought that he could trust them and they were on the same page and they were going to try to win like over the, the life of that contract. And if it came a time where they were no longer aligned, then they would work together on figuring out what, what to do with them. And they wouldn't send him to some like seller dwelling team. So right. like that, I, and I understand if, if you see the headline and your reaction is, well, they owe him absolutely nothing. He's getting paid an enormous amount of money. And that's, that's it. I think the reality of pro sports, the reality of how it works, especially with franchise level players, is it's a little more complicated than that. Like technically they owe him nothing but the money on his paycheck, but really I think they owe him, you know, the sort of courtesy of talking with him throughout his tenure about where the, the organization is going, giving him some input. And when it comes, if it does come to a situation like this, trying to do right by him, but I don't think doing right by him means just giving him whatever he wants, doing a trade only on his terms, doing right by him means trying to play this out in as quick and clean a way as possible. So both sides get what they want. And what the Blazers want is I think, at least for now, more than Miami is offering. That's not to say that the Heat cannot get there. If they do, then perhaps everybody is happy and, and this just ends kind of swiftly. Uh, but we're going to have to see because the Heat are not in a position um, where, as like they're constituted right now, they can offer the Blazers a bunch of like young guys that make sense for a rebuild. Even like, like Jaime Jaquez is like a cool young player who would presumably be a part of this deal, at least in theory, but like he's 22. He was drafted by the heat for a reason, like to play right now. <laughs> like, and, and that's right. a, that's a rookie who hasn't played in the NBA. Like, yeah. Like, Jovic, I think makes a little more sense. Um, if they amend that pick, they owe OKC, they could get up to three firsts. They could do three swaps in addition to that. Once, once you're in that kind of territory, then the offer makes a little more sense. But there's still the matter of like what salary is the Heat sending out, um, and if Hero is involved, and presumably he would be, then what can they get? Because there's a difference between getting like a crummy, super protected first round pick for Tyler Hero, and that's it, versus getting like a decent first plus some like young up and coming player that the team getting Tyler Hero can part with. Um, which like, obviously the latter would be much more appealing for the Blazers. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, the, the reality is Joe Cronin has a responsibility to the franchise, like to even to ownership, like his, his bosses, like essentially, and whatever kind of sense of responsibility he feels to Damian Lillard in terms of like the organization doing right by him, like that stuff, like that exists, but it's secondary. To, to the real important stuff, which is like, you get to make this move once. So you make a move that can set this franchise up for success in the future as best as you possibly can. Yeah, I think where the Heat offer 
as it stands right now, is just never going to get to where it needs to be without getting, like, more teams and more stuff involved, is that those first-round picks that the Heat can offer, the 28 and the 30 picks, I know that Dame and Jimmy will have aged out by then, but if I were, you know, the Blazers' front office or any other, you know, front office that's doing a trade with Miami, that's just not an organization that I'm willing to bet on being in the lottery or being bad for any amount of time. Pat Riley came over from the Knicks and, you know, became a part of that organization in 1995, which is 28 years ago. And the Heat have missed the playoffs six times in those 28 years. So even, you know, that that's even like there was like a couple of years like after LeBron left and then like the Chris Bosh medical retirement stuff. There was a little bit of stuff in the early 2000s before the Shaq trade. Like this is just one of those franchises that is just generally not ever bad. So if you're trading for unprotected Heat picks, even if they're far enough out that the current guys that are there, you know, are not going to be there anymore. The Heat are always, you know just as evidenced by Dame only wanting to go there. He's not going to be the last star that wants to be traded and wants to be traded to Miami or wants to go there as a free agent. Like, you just can't ever bet on those Miami picks ever being any good. And to me, if you're trading somebody of Damian Lillard's caliber, and I know, you know, his age is what it is and his contract is what it is, but he just made All-NBA this year, and I don't think there's any reason to believe he's not going to have at least two or three more years at the level that he's at right now. You have to get back to me. You have to get back one thing whether that's like you know a young player that's of the caliber of like prospect that is like you know like i don't i for example i don't i don't buy this idea that san antonio would be actually interested in this i just don't think it fits on their timeline but if they were and you could get like jeremy sohan that's the type of like young player that's the centerpiece of this type of trade that Mm -hmm. would check that box and if you're gonna get picks back you want the picks to have a chance to actually be good picks, which I just am not confident that these Miami ones would be. I don't know if the Spurs picks would be great picks either. <laughs> They're like the last Well, but the Spurs <laughs> have like Atlanta picks or like, you know, yeah, Utah's right. another team that might get, you know, in the mix. They have those Minnesota picks. Like, yeah. there are good picks that teams could offer. And I just, I don't think these Miami picks are very good picks. No, I get it. I think if, if it comes down to a point where you're weighing like, okay, we can get three firsts from Miami or three firsts from some other team. And like one of the Miami firsts is this coming season, which it would have to be. Um, right. Then sure, like you probably lean... To the other team i do think what like the hedge against that is essentially like okay what if you can get three firsts and three swaps so then it's like that's six years where you control the heat's draft pick they don't have to be bad for a long time they don't have to go into an extended rebuild they can find their diamonds in the rough they can have a star free agent that at some point just decides i i want to come here um, but if one year, if just one year, whether it's because um, it's Dame and Jimmy aging out and them not replacing them immediately, or whether it's because they suffer a, an untimely injury or something, like he could just fall to the bottom of the standings. And at that point, like maybe that is um, like Portland getting a, a core player, a future superstar out of this deal. Like it only it only has to happen that one time. So I think that is sort of the protection against the fact that the Heat have been so steady and so rarely miss the playoffs. If it's like, okay, six out of 28 years or whatever, well, one out of every six years isn't that different than that number, right? Like, it's it it, it could be a, a decent bet to make. Like, I would personally, if I were them um, and I didn't have anything better, like, talk myself into 
um, three picks and three swaps and other stuff. But that other stuff, like that's that is that is the tricky part, right? Because yeah. you're totally you're totally correct. Like there's there's not a Sohan that we know of right now. Maybe Jovic is that. I have absolutely no idea. Like he played well in summer league the other day. I I don't know what that means. Uh, he was certainly not in the Heat rotation last year, and there were times where that rotation was looking pretty thin. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the the issue is, I mean, we can talk about other hypotheticals if you want, um, but I haven't seen, I've seen plenty of speculation, and I've taken part in plenty of speculation, mostly <laughs> right. just, like, kind of casually with, with my friends and stuff, but I haven't seen any, like, solid reporting saying, like, like young players, or why is on the table for Portland if they want him. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what the Heat's offer right now is. All I've all I've been told is that so far what they've offered is not to the level. I mean even from other teams. Like I yeah. I mean even from from other potential suitors. Like there's just been a lot of hypothetical like oh he has respect from the Spurs or like oh the Jazz um could have interest and there's the sort of Utah like Ogden connection all of that stuff but like I I'm kind of at a loss in terms of any like I can't think of any real reporting saying that some young guy with all-star potential is actually on the table here yeah and I think that's going to probably play out a little bit over the next week you know right right now like right now Blue Blazers are just completely slow playing it they're not really in a rush to make any deal but mm-hmm. They're gonna all their whole front office and their whole organization, just like every other organization, is gonna be down in Las Vegas this week for summer league, and usually that leads to you know G, these GMs seeing each other in person and, and actually getting together and talking about this kind of stuff and working something out. I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago the Russell Westbrook trade from the Thunder to the Rockets happened during Summer League because Sam Presti and Daryl Morey, who was the Rockets GM at the time, got together at Summer League and kind of hashed it out. And whether that's uh, the, you know, you know whether that's uh, Joe Cronin and, you know, Pat Riley and, like, Andy Ellisberg and, you know, the, the whole Miami regime getting together or... You know, Joe is going to see the other GMs. Maybe he gets to talking to some other GM, whether it's, you know, Danny Ainge or Brad Stevens with the Celtics. You know, there was reporting today that they're not interested. But, when you know, whenever these guys get together in person, usually that leads to different sets of talks happening than if it's just over the phone or over whatever else. Yeah. I just wonder, like, do you have a favorite, like, trade that makes sense, hypothetically? Like, Me? is there, like, yeah. If Utah were to be interested, those Minnesota picks are interesting to me. Hmm. I like one or two of those unprotected Minnesota picks. Like that's that's our like those are like like betting against the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves is a lot more would be a lot if I were the Blazers front office would be a lot more appealing to me than betting against the future of the Miami Heat. Yeah, and then for salary matching, are, are you are you just looking at taking on? contracts like, like a linic thing or whatever, to yeah. fill up some space or you the try thing to get like a Baji or like i don't know Baji. i mean i would assume kessler would be off the table but probably but yeah but Agbaji, you could ask i mean like, it's damian lillard you show, no, totally totally <laughs> but what i'm my, what i'm saying is with you know with with the with you know a team like utah the picks that they're offering you feel more confident are going to be good picks 
yeah. than the Miami picks are. That's kind of where where I would land there. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? There could be another team that just comes totally out of left field that that decides they want to take a swing on it. Like, you know, like like what happened with Oklahoma City trading for Paul George or what happened with, uh, you know, the Raptors trading for Kawhi Leonard or even like just last year, Cleveland trading for Donovan Mitchell when it was pretty clear he only wanted to go to New York. So I just, I think, you know, may, maybe Miami can get there. Maybe Miami can, you know, do other stuff with Hero or whatever else that, where they can get more stuff and then Portland feels okay about it. But for right now, I think they're kind of playing it the right way. And I also, as far as the, you know, what they owe to Dame thing, I'm kind of with you. I think, I think they owe him not Blake Griffining him yeah. and just sending him to Detroit where he can just rot and be on a lottery team and just, like, has no chance and somewhere he has no interest in going. Like, if they did that to him, I think, you know, he would have a legitimate gripe with that. But I don't think trading him to a team that has a chance to be competitive in the playoffs that just isn't Miami, I don't think that would be doing him dirty the way that a lot of people are trying, you know, are trying to paint it like it would be. No, I don't... I And I think a lot of this stuff kind of, like, takes care of itself naturally because... That Detroit situation, what like it's pretty rare that it works yeah. out quite like that, um, where you have a team that is just super desperate to make it back in the playoffs. Um, that was another one where it was sort of it was a new owner who was very excited about um, making progress, um, and it just kind of worked out that way. Um, this I just even Utah like I get it from like from the Blazers' perspective. I understand wanting to engage with Utah. I even understand like just knowing the sort of personalities involved. Like Danny Ainge is competitive as hell. He and would probably like to screw over Pat Riley. That's the I, other part. He would absolutely love to screw over Pat Riley. And I think more than that, like he he just likes to kind of do things his own way. And I think he like he loved I think the way last season kind of went for the Jazz where everybody thought they were tanking and they started winning and people were thinking, oh, Ainge must be super pissed off. Like, he built a team trying to lose. No, I think he was, like, having fun. I think he was, like, enjoying watching that team play and thinking it doesn't matter. Like, we're still going to have a decent pick and we have all these other picks from all these other teams because of the trades we made in the summer. Like, we're in an awesome position. We can go in any direction we want. Like, I think he's, like, a confident guy and I think he would be unafraid to make a big swing. I still, just looking at their kind of path to contention, looking at their timeline right now, they still don't seem like a supernatural trade partner for for the Blazers here. It's it's within their own possibility, but I'd be kind of surprised, like the same way I'd be surprised with the Spurs. I mean, they're in a little bit of a different position, but the timelines, I think, are kind of similar. And I, I think Miami, like the reason why Miami makes so much sense is they're clearly trying to win now. Um, they are a team that already has another star who's virtually the same age as Damian Lillard. They also just lost two of their kind of important players from their finals run this year. Like, they need to do something. Like, everything about their situation motivates them to go and try to go star hunting and specifically star hunting for this guy because Jimmy wants them to get this guy and he's a culture fit and he's a position of need and just all of it. Uh, and it's just it would be easier if they had better trade assets. They have some, but they, but it, as we talked about over and over, like, it's just, it's going to be a little bit complicated. Like I look around the league, I don't see a ton of teams that are in the exact same position 
as Miami. I see some teams that are in kind of similar positions. 